0: It's time for JT the Brick.
1: I love you, JT. You're a very honest person, and you have never shied away from the truth.
0: Here we go again. Do
2: it. Do it. All hands on deck. I'm coming to get you. Bring the energy that I bring. Do it something. Get out of the soft zone. I won't waste your time. Your time is valuable to me. I don't hold back on anything. We're doing our job. As I often say, Raider Nation, unite. This would be a good time to pretend you're all in. Man, do I sound Mr. Wonderful and optimistic, huh? GT the Brick. I'm done with. We got to clean it up done clean it up is over it's put up or shut up week there are no rules here bobby insists no rules that's kind of a hostile work environment for me is it too soft i'm salty i'm pissed off but i want to see some violence the wolves are at the door this is it you got me this is it let's stop this let's get to work and do your job and now let's go
0: here's jt
2: the brick JT, in the headquarters of the Raiders today. Busy day today, late night last night as the Raiders won. Great win, and we'll get into that throughout the day. And just uh, hosted Raiders press conference live with Eric Allen. That'll air at 1 o'clock in Vegas on Fox 5. We got the two-hour radio show today and then the three hours at 4 o'clock on Sirius XM. And then I'm shutting it down, having a good old-fashioned beverage, kicking back, and we'll enjoy this Raider victory as we'll get into that today, welcome into the show brought to you by Golden Entertainment. Not only do they own the Strat Arizona Charlie's, 64 plus taverns here. Great place to go to happy hour, 5 to 7, midnight to 2, everything they do in the community. And good to be a part as PTs fuels the monologue as the Golden Knights are playing great and the Raiders are coming off a victory. I left the first hour open. I want to take phone calls. I want to hear from passionate fans, season ticket holders, those who are in the building, and just fans in general who can tell their story. We don't have to take a call ever. I love it as a former caller. I love putting fans on the radio. I love hearing emotion. I love hearing passion. I love hearing people, if they're critical or they're happy, whatever there is, I like to hear people to know I'm on the radio, not guess if they're listening and wondering if they're out there. Coming off a victory like this, It wasn't a playoff win, it wasn't a Super Bowl victory, but it was a much-needed win for this organization because Mark Davis made a very big move, a drastic move, by letting go of the offensive coordinator, the head coach, and the GM pivoted in the middle of the season to try to get something like this to turn the season around and it worked for a game. And I think we should celebrate that. The players are, they're not in the building today, other than the players who are getting treatment. And they'll come back on Wednesday and they'll prepare for the Jets. I'm fascinated by the Jet game more than the Giant game. Uh, the Giant game was important because the Jet game doesn't matter unless the Raiders beat the Giants. And coming off the Chicago loss, I should be sitting here today at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center talking about the Raiders being 5-4, and four, about to go 6-4, and four. but the loss in Chicago— was the reason why the coach got let go. Chicago was everything. As I keep reminding everyone, and I think you know this, if the Raiders win in Chicago, there's no change. Minimum, the Raiders win in Chicago, they're above 500. they go to 6-4. and four. No coach GM has ever got relieved for that with a regular season record unless it's something that has to do with conduct or something outside the performance on the field. So what happened here was because of Chicago and Detroit back-to-back, a change was made, and that change has given a fresh uh, breath of air to the Raider locker room, the players, the coaches who still remain here because it was obviously tight around here. The former coach ran it really tight, really tight because that's what he came from. That's what he came from, so he was doing what he knew. And he tried to evolve, and it didn't work with the players. They had the player-only meeting. Jay Glazer had the breaking news. On Sunday, on the NFL, on Fox, what that team meeting was like, where the players barked back at the coach and really lit into him. That was Jay's words, not mine. And that was the beginning of the end. So the change was made. Seeing Mark, Sandra Douglas Morgan, to see Champ Kelly on the sidelines yesterday, to see everyone, the players, coming with a little bit of juice, that's what they get paid to do. Players are supposed to play like that every time they play. But they were able to get the interim head coach bounce, which we predicted easily. But now the bounce is gone. And now the bounce is out of the building. As Antonio Pierce, you'll hear the conversation coming up here momentarily, as he addressed the media. And the Raiders will have to get back to work. And they're going to have to be really good in the next couple of weeks. I had a blast yesterday at Allegiant Stadium. I usually always have a good time because my wife and son I sat with, a lot of friends were there, got a chance to see a lot of people. And they all pretty much said the same thing to me when they saw me. They all pretty much said the same exact thing. Hey, I'm happy to be here. Some said I didn't know if I'd come to this game. I had my tickets up for sale. I pulled them down. I wanted to support the coach, Antonio Pierce. It was a festive outside for me in the J-Lot with the black hole. The tailgating was unbelievable. And then everybody seemed to have a really good time at the game. And as we talked about, we needed a game. We needed a game where it wasn't going to be pressure-packed where you knew the game was over before halftime, and it was. And I really believe that had an effect on the outcome of the game because not all of it was great. I think the Raiders' offense, as I said on the post game last night, has some work to do. They really do. The offense 5 of 14 on third down is nothing to celebrate with. But they weren't celebrating with cigars in the locker room. That was sage. What they needed to do in the locker room was cleanse it of the energy that was in that locker room. And they did that throughout the week. I believe, and I don't know it to be accurate, I believe it was orchestrated. I think some players wanted to go out of their way to get their other teammates involved. And the leaders of the team showed a lot more aggressiveness in a good way with social media, cigars, partying, smiling, having a good time because everybody needed it. No matter how much money you make as a player, a coach, a scout, there's such a great staff that works in this building, the football side and then the ticketing side and alumni, everybody who's here are such good people. I'm blessed to be around them. They want to win. Everybody wants to win around here. So a win kind of gives a jolt to the entire organization and the Raider organization needed that. They were getting beat up during the week. Everyone was talking about Josh McDaniels being let go. Every Show, the pregame show, had an insider talking about what happened and what they believed that happened. But the Raiders had a lot of pressure on them to win this game. Let me tell you why. God forbid the Raiders lost this game yesterday. And they're going to win more games. We know that. But if they would have lost this one yesterday, pretty much season over. I, I think the season would have been over from a vision of a deep playoff run or a playoff run or just getting there. It's hard to say you lost to the Giants and DeVito at quarterback and you lost to Tyson Bajan. I don't know if there's anybody on planet Earth who thinks they can turn that around. So that put pressure on the coach, the play caller, the players to win this game. And fortunately, the Giants cooperated. Fortunately, the Giants, you know, had something to play for early. Once the game got out of hand, the Giants were checked out and they were looking to get on the bus to get to the plane and head home. They're in a bad spot. I mean, if you're a Giant fan, if you're listening, if you're at the game, you just have to now chalk it up and say to yourself, this is a bizarre season of injuries, weird decisions that were made, and just chalk it up for a bad year, and hopefully the Giants don't blow it up and take three steps backwards because they won a playoff game last year. And look, the Raiders a couple of years ago beat Philadelphia here, and Philadelphia ended up going to the Super Bowl, and Philadelphia is arguably the best team in football. So the Raiders needed a jolt. They got it. They came out with an offense that was focused to run the ball. The key to the game was running the ball and getting Josh Jacobs going. They accomplished that. The offensive line was spectacular. The offensive line was unbelievable. And some of the individuals had career-wise games. Career games. I'm dead serious. Career games. So that was important for everybody to beat an inferior team. And they're all good teams in this league. Anyone can win. But the Giants had to win that game, and they were able to pull it off. So after they pulled it off, there was an elaborate celebration in the locker room with cigars, sage, I I call it, to cleanse it out, to celebrate. And now it'll be the job of Antonio Pierce, who you'll hear momentarily. It's his job to pull them back in on Wednesday and say, I hope everybody had a couple of good days off. You had a good time with your family and friends. We got to get back to work. And we got a mission that we have to continue on. So that's what I want to hear from Raider fans. All of it. What do you think of the game plan, offense and defense? A.J. Cole had a game as good as Ray Guy and Shane Leckler. Ray Guy's in the Hall of Fame. Shane is 100% going to the Hall of Fame. as the second greatest punter of all time. And A.J. Cole was spectacular yesterday. Absolutely spectacular. I like the fact that Aiden O'Connell wasn't under a lot of pressure. I thought that was very important in the game. Don't make this game tough on him. Don't make him having to throw the ball on third and fourteen, third and fifteen. Get behind the sticks. He was sixteen to twenty-five for two hundred nine. That was good enough to win. Josh Jacobs got over a hundred yards, then had to give a few yards back. He had twenty-six carries for ninety-eight yards and two touchdowns on the game. And Trey Tucker caught a long ball. He had two receptions for fifty-two yards, and that was important there. So everybody played well. The defense. The defense was exceptional in this game. Max Crosby had three sacks on his own. I thought the pressure on the quarterback was amazing. Check out this these stats. The Raiders' defense versus the Giants. Points allowed six. Sacks, eight. Tackles for loss, eight. Takeaways, two. That Amik Robertson interception was incredible. And he got up and he ran and started to take it back. I really enjoyed that. So I'm not a big believer. I grew up a New York Yankee fan The Yankees didn't celebrate regular season victories. The Yankees, when they won the first round of the wild card when it came about, didn't put on beer goggles and go crazy. The the Yankees, they didn't do that. But I think this needed to happen here. I think people need to have fun. Guys who are in their 20s need to go out, smoke cigars, hang out, buy cars, donate to charities, take care of their kids, take care of their buddies, have fun. That's what you saw yesterday. And it was predicated on the fact that the other coach who ran this organization, ran it his way. It didn't work. He's out. And everybody else wanted to say, this is what we wanted. We wanted this all along. We wanted shorter meetings, less time, uh, getting beat up after a loss, more accountability from the coach instead of the players. I knew that. I, I bring that up all the time. The fact is I have to interview the coach every week. And if the coach is you know, at odds, and he wasn't really at odds with the players all year, there was no revolt. But when the coach was removed from his services, the players celebrated and they really wanted to send a message to the NFL, Las Vegas, and their friends on other teams that this is what they can do in a different type of environment. And bravo to the players. They won the game for Antonio Pierce. Antonio Pierce coming up here momentarily. So I normally would want to pivot and get out of this game, but I don't think we should because the players aren't in the building. They're off to Wednesday. It's a Sunday night game coming up here. I'd like to spend most of this hour talking about the game plan, how important the victory was, but more importantly about you, the fans of the Raider Nation. How did this change your perspective on the remainder of the season? If the Raiders have a chance to go on a playoff run, if not, how you think it sets up the organization going forward, and personally, how do you feel about your investment in season tickets, your ability to come to Vegas, spend all this money, and have a good time? saw a lot of people have a good time yesterday, and that makes me happy. When the fans are having a great time and everybody's getting along, and even the Giant fans that were there, I I sent out a video of the Giant fans who would put paper bags over their heads late in the game at JT the Brick. Two New York stations called me today. They couldn't have my phone number, so they reached out to me in DMs. Can we have your approval to use this? Oh, they're beating up the Giants in the tri-state area of New York, and they're not a very good team, but who cares? The Raiders needed a win. They got it, and now they have to beat the Jets, which I thought was going to happen all along. I just thought the Raiders were going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Chicago Bears along with that. Now the Raiders have their back up against the wall still, but everybody's happy, having fun, and playing with emotion and energy, and seems to be a lot looser around here. And it looked that way at the game. So that's the monologue brought to you by P.T.'s. P.T.'s fuels the monologue. Chris in West Oakland, as usual, starts us off. Chris, what did you think of yesterday? You know, JT, you said the
1: key thing. And I'm not, I'm not going to talk as much X as O as in schemes. You talk about having a good time. My buddies were there. I saw a lot of it. I haven't seen the people have that good of a time in the stadium and after a game. you probably got to go back to the Charger game on that epic Sunday night that got them into the playoffs in 2021, and everybody walking out of there celebrating like they just won a Super Bowl with smiles on their faces. It wasn't, again, and I think the, the, the Giants were the perfect team to play yesterday. Right now with their injuries and everything's going on, They may be the worst team in football. I think 11 tackling dummies could have kept the Giants out of the end zone yesterday, but it was glad to see that they played the Raiders. I saw smiles on the players' faces. I saw Mad Max and Spillane a couple of times after a sack beating each other over the head it's like It was like a bloodletting, you know, when people used to be sick. You cut your wrist and let the bad blood run out. There's just a pall that's been passed over this organization was gone. And I don't think the celebration in the locker room, I've, I've read some stuff on social media. I don't believe the players were celebrating a victory like they just won the Super Bowl. They feel like they've gotten their team back. And I'm not going to sit here and kick rocks or dirt over the corpse. You know, Coach McDaniels is gone. It didn't work out. The Patriot way, again, didn't work out. I just saw a joy and a relief of these players. And the team seemed like they played stress-free. There wasn't the tension. And you're in the building. I've only been in the building a few times since they moved away, JT, but the last couple of years. You're there every week. I'm sure you felt There was a freeness to this team. They came out really, oh, and by the way, congratulations to Coach Pierce on victory number one. I don't know how good this team is going to be going forward, JT. I know they're going to have a tough time putting up 30 points on the Jets' defense, but the Jets' offense is so terrible, they should be in the game and have a chance to win that one at home. We'll talk about that one later in the week. But this is a day to just celebrate. I I don't really care about X's and O's, what we did, what we didn't do. We did what we had to do. We came out and we pounded a bad football team, but there was some joy in the building again. These guys look like they, and they're going to enjoy coming to work. We all know how it is when you're miserable at work. Nobody wants to go. And when your attitude changes, your performance changes. So, again, this is just a day to celebrate the, last, the next couple of days. It's been a couple of years. you probably got to go back to that Eagle game you talked about in 2021 where they scored 32 straight points and just ran the Eagles out of the building since there's been a day like that in Allegiant Stadium. Let's just enjoy this for the next 24 to 48 hours. Let's, and then let's just put enough faith that Coach Pierce is going to have these guys ready to roll. Like I said, I don't know how good they're going to be going forward, JT. I know that it gets real after the Jet game. They've got to play the Dolphins and the Chiefs back to back, and then the Chargers, and then after the Vikings, the Chiefs and the Chargers again. So we're going to find out in the next six weeks if this team's got any realistic shot at a playoff berth or not. But for right now, it's nice to see that the Patriot way is gone the Raider way returned, and it was just nice watching the players and the fans alike having a great time, because at the end of the day, isn't that what it's supposed to be about JT? You go, you tailgate, you have a few drinks, and you eat and drink with your buddies, you celebrate a Raider victory, you smoke a Briggs cigar, and you have a glass of Crown Royal and Modelo at the end. Mm -hmm. Yesterday was the first day in two years I feel like we've been able to do that as a fan base, and let's hope we can do it again next Sunday. Thank you, my friend. I'll talk to you soon.
2: Yeah, I agree with this. Look, no matter who was the head coach in years past, who got let go whatever the regime was which is a big term now the regime I want everybody to win I want everybody to work it didn't work it didn't work and they made a change quickly Mark Davis decided Antonio Pierce is a highly energetic guy you'll hear that we're going to play his press conference coming up here momentarily and he's the right guy at the right time it's just one victory and it's his job to keep this team up and to keep this team very emotional and have him playing at a very high level. He should be able to do that. Now it's about execution. When the team didn't execute in the past, uh, the former coach really talked about that, and that was, a lot of fans believed, his way of saying, hey, I'm doing it this way, I think I got it right, but the players aren't following my plan. You're not hearing any of that with Antonio Pierce. He just wants to go out, get out of the way, motivate the players, let his coaches do their job, and then find a way to make adjustments at halftime and win the game. He's, it's very simple to me what Antonio Pierce is trying to do. He's auditioning to be the next head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. And if it's not that, he wants to be a head coach around this league. He's working his tail off. Imagine what it was like for Antonio Pierce to you know, go, go to the linebacker room, break down film with the linebackers, then go to his office. Right? Everyone, every coach has an office in here. Gets back to the office and turns on some film and watches by himself. Now to see Antonio Pierce leave the meeting, and then go to the offensive line meeting for an hour, and then go to the defensive backs meeting for an hour, then go back to his office, and he's in the head coach office now, and he has media requests, and he's got family reaching out to him, people congratulating him. A lot's changed in just a short week for this guy, Antonio Pierce, and it seems like he's embracing it, and he wants to win, and he's highly motivated and I think that was necessary around here. I don't think the players were as motivated to the best of their ability. And that's why a change was made. Jay in Vegas on 920. Jay, thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Hey,
0: thanks for taking my call, JT. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, listen, I loved your monologue, man, and what Chris in West Oakland had to say, man. I, I echo those sentiments. I was there in three, uh, Section 347, and uh, just the, the aura, the, the, the um, how can I say, the vibe in the building felt different, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Coach AP, I mean, congratulations to him, you know, on his, on his first win. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for that guy. Uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of unknowns going forward as far as, you know, the coach and all that stuff. All that stuff really isn't important right now. And, listen, like AP said, he told his players it's a clean slate. And he went out there and it literally was a clean slate. I mean, you saw Hunter Renfro getting involved again. The crowd cheered like crazy when he started getting they the did. ball I mean, it was amazing. And, then, I mean, and, and to point out another player, mm. JT, how many times have you been calling for Nesta Jates Silvera? How many weeks have you been calling for that guy? And for him to go on the live and, like, dude, they had me on the bench, that dude made an impact, you know, mm. in the middle. And, and, and that, that, that right there, that's how I know that Coach AP has this thing going in the right direction because when he says it's a clean slate, it's a clean slate. And everybody's going to get an opportunity to, you know, contribute. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen. They cannot win another game. I could care less, to be honest with you. The fact that these players are playing for this guy, that they're having fun. I mean, we've all been, people listening right now, we've all been at a workplace where management has, you know, it's, it's, it's a crappy work environment. You show up to work. You don't even want to go to work. Sometimes you call out. But then there's something, or you could be, have a job, a dirty job. Like me, I'm a sanitation worker. It's a dirty job. But the environment inside the building is great, and it gets me up out of bed and gets me to go to work. You know, yeah. and I think Coach AP has the uh, the the hearts and the and the ears of the players, and I'm encouraged and I'm excited to see um, what's going to come about for the rest of the year.
2: Thanks, All right, AT. excellent, good phone call. I think a lot of people are encouraged by what they saw. You know, the game was over at halftime. What I'm having a hard time, not a hard time, but for me, it's difficult looking at this game and saying how great did the Raiders play. They beat a team now that's 2-7, and 1-4 and four on the road. They didn't beat a great team, but they played a solid NFL game of football. Talk to someone in the building today who said it perfectly. That was an NFL professional effort. Not only was it a win, but that's how you win an NFL game. You dominate all three aspects of the game, offense, defense, and special teams. You play with high energy. You're ready to play and you celebrate afterwards, it's an NFL victory. The Raiders needed that because the last couple of weeks were quite embarrassing from an offensive perspective. Now, if you looked at this box score and you didn't go to the game, you'd say, wait a second, the leading receiver only had 52 yards and they won 30-6? to Yeah, Trey Tucker, all of it was on one ball, uh, that bomb. And then Devontae Adams had four receptions for only 34 yards. That's it. He was targeted seven times. For everybody who's... Excited about Renfro and Michael Mayer. They both only had two receptions. That's it. But no one cared. No one cared about the stat sheet. All they wanted to do was get back in that locker room and celebrate and smoke cigars and hang out with each other and feel good about themselves for working their tail off this past week on a short week with the head coach GM and OC will let go. They had a short week with a new head coach. They had to get up to speed. Then they had to play a football game with a lot of pressure on them. I'm telling you this is fact, not fiction. There was enormous pressure on them to win the game. It didn't look like it because they played well and had fun. But if they lost that game, the heat that would have came down on the players who were chirping about wanting a new quarter coach or I'm happy that they were moving on here. The players had a deal with tremendous pressure and they showed up and played well. I liked the victory. I thought it was good for the fans and the players and the organization. Now it's on to the Jets where the Raiders have to win that game also. They have to win that game and play at a very high level. That's what we're talking about today. Get in line if you're a Raider fan, especially if you went to the game. 702-365-9200 as we're brought to you by Resorts World. Had friends in town. I'm from New York. A lot of New York fans were in town this week. I sent them to Resorts World not only for a dinner or two, but I told them to go to Doghouse Saloon. You had the Katy Perry show after that. First time they ever went to Resorts World. Blown away, and they watched college football and a little bit of Sunday night football at Doghouse Saloon inside Resorts World. Where my friends, before they left, bought a bunch of tickets. They made a bunch of bets. Futures bets on next year, right there inside Doghouse Saloon, where the sports book is. Coming up next, the press conference of Antonio Pierce. I think it's worth playing instead of cutting it up because I want you to hear his tone and some of the questions. And what he said, what he said that jumped out at me, not only about the offensive line, but most importantly, the way he referred to a couple of players, including Tyree Wilson. Listen in this conversation coming up from him, what he said about Tyree Wilson, and we'll go over that coming up next. Welcome back to the JT
3: The Brick Show, brought to you by Michael E. Minden at the Fashion Show Mall. Better quality and lower prices.
2: JT, back with you. Thanks to Michael E. Minden. It's getting to that time of year. Holidays around the corner. Engagements, parties. Go see my buddy Michael E. Minden's second story fashion show mall. Easy in and out. Uh, Get up there and buy something nice for someone. That's the key to jewelry and having my own guy and Michael E. Minden. You're going to have to do it. You want to do it. You should do it. My mom's birthday is coming up on November 8th. And uh, I'm excited to say Michael E. Minden's a friend of mine, and he has great deals. That's all I try to do on this show. Some people laugh and joke my buddies. Oh, you got the meat hookup. All you do is drink Modelo, man. You're a Remy Martin guy. You got Minden. I got friends. And if I can do some business and partner with my friends, I love to do that. And hopefully we can with you as we continue here on the flagship Raider Nation Radio. Also want to thank La Casa Cigars for Friday, along with Modelo, because Modelo had a big part of that and the black hole. When you can do a radio remote with three of your partners in one, because the remote was for La Casa Cigars and Mike and putting that together for us. So I've done big remotes in the past, and I've done smaller remotes, and I don't do many of them, but I wanted to do this one. And we got some more coming up. And when the people showed up, we had the black hole. We have Crusader Raider from London, who's actually in the studio next to me, They're filming him from some promotion that they're going to be doing with the Raiders here, which is exciting. And then the team from Modello, Steve Gomez, and his crew. And we all had a party on Friday, and then we went to the Bolitnikoff Foundation. So let me share something with you there. I got off the phone with Freddie today. I don't have the exact number, but I'm sitting at the table with Rod Woodson, and next to me are two tables down is Plunkett, Jim Plunkett, there's Mike Haynes, the great George Atkinson. So many Raider alumni are in the room. So Lincoln uh, Kennedy is hosting, along with our friend Charlie Boots. And I'm just sitting back, and there's a program in place. You're going to have entertainment. You're going to have a live auction and all that. Mark Davis walks on stage and writes a check for a quarter of a million dollars. $250,000 to the St. Jude's Ranch, the Bolitnikoff organization. And then they matched it. So I walked away. When I walked out of there with my wife at the end of the night and said, can you imagine how much money we raised? Because we checked out at the end of the night. Everybody there, including myself, others, make donations for whatever they can afford. And I just gave Freddie a hug, and I said, this is incredible. So congratulations to Lincoln and Charlie for being a part of that. For Mark setting the tone, I remember the first one we did uh, with the Bolitnikoff Golf Tournament. Mark wrote a check for $20,000, twenty back in the day, which was a lot of money. It was a lot of money. It blew everybody away because it pays for the evening. It keeps the foundation alive. It helps build Tracy's place of hope. You need money to keep these organizations going forward. And then Mark steps up, and it's a quarter of a million dollars. Oh, my God. I couldn't believe it. And then they invited all of us who were a part of this on stage, and I didn't know this was happening. All of a sudden, Champ and Antonio Pierce walk on stage at the Bolitnikoff Crab Fest. And they speak. And Coach Pierce spoke and fired up the whole crowd. And we sat down and ate some crab and had some beverages and everybody was getting up and really happy and excited about this game. But Coach Pierce had to leave his job preparing the Raiders on a Friday night. Get over to the Westgate. The traffic here in town is brutal. I don't complain about traffic much because I'm not in the middle of it most of the time. But I can understand people, it took a while for people to come from Henderson, Summerlin, anywhere to get to the Westgate because they're tearing it up for F1, a topic that we'll get into. But when people got in there and they're on the same page and then the coach was able to get in and get out and be there, that was very important to me. I said, man, this coach is here. He gets it. This coach is in this room for a charity, for a Hall of Famer who lost his daughter when Tracy was tragically murdered. And the coach shows up and speaks and fires up the crowd. It's different. That was outstanding. Just a short while ago, the interim head coach, Antonio Pierce, met the media. Here's how it sounded.
3: Right. So I have Antonio, uh, your players had talked yesterday about uh, that blank uh, that sheet of paper that he gave them uh, kind of the start of next week. Last week off, you know, representing a new start. But then also some physical practices that you had on Thursday and a very competitive practice that you had mm-hmm. on Friday. It felt kind of intentional on your part to, to work on the mindset and the psyche of this team. Was that important to you, to, uh, you know, in terms of setting, what a, setting up what happened on Sunday?
4: Yeah, no, no doubt. I mean, every team is pretty much a reflection of their head coach. So if you're not mentally tough, that's what I you know, pride myself on. Um, that was my way as a player to have that kind of mindset, you know, not to blink, not to worry about anything. And I just wanted to start that process with the gentlemen. Um, they bought into it. I kind of laid out that, you know, we'll start off here, and I'll, I'll dial it back, and, it, look, they responded. It was a, a really – that's when I knew we were going to have a good game, just the way we practiced, the intention, the purpose was there. Coach, Irvin John <clears throat> Magic told me once the difficulty in
5: coaching – is that people who've had great success struggle with players who don't give maximum effort. I'm curious for you as a coach, you were a great player. Is that something that is hard for a coach to look at guys who have all the talent, but maybe don't have the will? Is that an adjustment?
4: Yeah. I just don't know how you make it, you know, for long periods of time, not giving it your all, you know, um, To have the longevity, you have to have that kind of effort and that purpose. You know, I keep using that word purpose, you know. Um, This game is hard because at some point you're going to get older and the young bull comes up and and now, you know, he's chasing you. And after a while, he's going to catch you. So, you know, when you look at some of the great players, and I was fortunate to play with a lot of Hall of Famers, it was their work ethic, it was the way they practiced, it was their determination to be great. Regardless of how far they got, if they ever reached those goals, it was just the mindset.
3: Yeah, the eight sacks. What do you see from guys besides Max? I know what Max can do. What do you see from other guys on the defensive front last night?
4: When it came to our rush? Yeah, maximum effort. I mean, they – you know, me and Max jokes about it, me trying to max his effort, vice versa. But our defense and our team, especially our D-line, and guys that were blitzing did a hell of a job last night of just, you know, being relentless. And we talked about that, you know, straining – straining to finish through the play, you know, playing through the whistle, you know, not thinking that, oh, he's going to make it, or that guy's going to make it. No, I'm going to make it. If we all have that mentality, roll call on the ball. You mentioned young Bulls. Uh, Meek Robertson, he made a mistake early <clears throat> in the game. He had a chance to clear his mind and get back out there and made a big play later. How, how well does that say about him, the player, that he's able to do that? It goes back to our mindset with the blank paper. He turned to sheet. It was blank on the other side. Start over, start from scratch. Kid went out there, made a play. Then came back. Punched the ball out, extremely aggressive. Um, when the Meeks on his game and, and he's rolling, he's one of our best ball hawks. You know, um, whatever he is, was he five eight five nine? But I mean, he's up in the air like he's uh, seven feet tall. You know, and extremely athletic, extremely competitive. Um, you know, he's in and out the lineup, but he's always ready and dialed in mentally. And that's one thing that you know, even before I got in this seat, just watching him from afar, I respect about his game.
3: Along with that, can you also talk about Nate Hobbs' interception, and also what you believe he provides to the
4: team from an energy level? Yeah, go back to that play. I mean, the ball's tipped up in the air. look like Robert Spillane's don't get it. All of a sudden, here comes Nate Hobbs. This guy's running to the ball. You know, like I said, it's just the strain that we really talked about in that practice Thursday and Friday, um, of not waiting for things to happen to go make things happen.
3: Do you believe it's possible to have an offensive mindset defensively, and if so, in terms of the attacking, the, the, the attacking nature, and if so, do you feel like your defense is starting to kind of acquire
4: that. Yeah, I think Patrick Graham's done an outstanding job all season long. Like, you know, uh, early in the season, I thought we were doing a really good job there. We had some, obviously some some moments we wish we can take back. But, you know, Patrick Graham has set the tone with the, the gentleman in that room. They are now buying into his personality, into the philosophy, into our defense. And when you're led by great players as well, that helps, you know, when they buy into what the coordinator's saying, everybody else will follow.
5: Likewise, the
3: players have bought into you. How important is that?
4: I'm very appreciative of it, you know, but, uh, when you don't, when you're straightforward and don't BS, it is what it is. You know, you don't have to worry about anything.
5: Patrick Graham wanted you here. He was a vocal in that. And I'm just curious, he's a guy that gets overlooked a lot, but has done a good job <coughs> for the Raiders. Would you talk about your relationship with him, please?
4: Yeah, it goes back to 27, really 16. The first year he's with the Giants. I was always, you know, I was actually on ESPN at the time. And I would pop my head in there with the Giants and, and, uh, be around the program. And Patrick was coach, coaching the defensive line and a couple of times I go in there with JPP and those guys and joke, and We kind of build a relationship relationship there that year. Then in 2017 I went back as a consultant to Steve Spagnola and worked closely with the linebackers in the front seven and that's where our bond, you know, kind of grew from there. But you can see the mind. You can tell even though he's a D-line coach and you know those guys are loud, they're all over the place, but you know he had the mindset and the focus, and obviously, very articulate in how he speaks to get his point across, that you know he'll be a good defensive coordinator. And I don't think he's being overlooked. It's just when the opportunity comes, I mean, he's only grabbing and run with it. Just, you know, it's like any of us, you just need that opportunity.
5: Tony, what, what have you You've seen thus far out of Tyree, and what do you want to see more <laughs> out of him going forward?
4: Yeah, I think we've all seen the progress. You know, it first started with just to get out of the stands. <laughs> you know, so we worked on that. And obviously, he's a big human being. Um, very talented. He's going to be a good football player in this league, uh, but this league is very humbling. You just don't walk in day one and become the guy. And I think he's now uh, embraced the process of working every day. You know, you watch like a guy like Max Crosby come out to practice or Tate come out to practice early and getting in those extra reps. Well, you see him doing that as well. So the improvement, I know he had a half a sack last night, but more importantly, what he does for us in the running game, how violent he is, setting the edge. Um, obviously, there's going to be still more growth there for him, but he's a guy that has um, – the right um, attitude, if I could say, to come to work. And I think he's been humbled about his early experience that coaching comes a lot easier you know, when you get humbled.
3: Talk about turning the page. Uh, sometimes that means turning the page from something good as well and not dwelling on that too much to get focused on the New <clears throat> York Giants. Um, what are you looking to see from your team, uh, understanding that they've processed it, they've enjoyed it, but now it's time to go get ready for another game.
4: Yeah, well, they got two days off, Victory Monday. Uh, they'll come in Wednesday, and we'll start on the Jets. That's how we'll do it. The Giants is over. We're not doing anything looking backwards. That's not going to help us going forward. How
5: much did you challenge the offensive line, knowing that Wink Martindale was a guy that was going to bring pressure from everywhere and they had to keep O'Connell clean, which they did?
4: Yeah, I was in every meeting with the O-line this week. I was their best friend. You know? Um, I was encouraging them. You know, I was trying to learn the terminology, obviously, you know, coming from deep side of the ball the last two years and not really focus on you know, their terminology, their techniques, their fundamentals of how they coach and talk. Um, but being over there, just in words of encouragement, because that's a good group. And they're a tight-knit group. And I think that showcased last night. If you really go back and watch the game, watch, watch our guys come off the ball to the second level. You know, I, I, it was impressive. Um, it set the tone, the first drive of the game. They are the reason why, if we're going to move forward and keep moving forward, it be because of those guys. Josh Jacobs as well. You mentioned heart and soul of the team. That's what you wanted to see that performance last night. Yeah, you saw the carry. You saw the you saw that the angry rat, the angry running back. You know, what I mean, the guy that just ran was he wasn't going to allow one person to tackle him, even on that one touchdown. You just saw his legs just kind of grinding it out, man. And that's what we talked about. Just the strain, fellas. Strain, strain to finish. Strain to finish the plays. And again, hats off to all our players.
3: Everything felt like a like kind of a whirlwind last week. It was just like a sprint to the finish line. And you talked about maybe finally getting <coughs> the rest. Sunday night were you able to do that were you able to rest and then does it now become a marathon like the sprint is over now it's kind of a marathon the rest of the week.
4: um I mean there's always a grind that's the best part about the National Football League is um just kind of resetting going back but I did get the rest that was beautiful to put your phone down for a little bit try to respond to some text messages but just to kind of like to be honest take it all in to really you know understand what just happened you know for myself obviously um which was a big change for this organization for our players for our coaches i mean it was uh it was a lot you know, i'm not gonna lie it wasn't easy um but the guys made it easy by how they were having fun last night and smiling so i had a good night's sleep i saw something different
3: with the uh practice squad players on the, on the sideline <clears throat> yesterday if, yep. if that is the case um why was that important for you to to have them down there on the field
4: they ra- they, they got a raiders uniform them guys bust their tails You know, last week was just two days. This week it will be three days. And they're getting us looks both on offense, defense, special teams. They're working out in the morning. They're in the meetings. They're in everything about it. But then on game day, where are they? I I don't, you know, that wasn't my belief. Um, I've been at other places, either as a coach when I was in high school or college. Every man's in, man. If you're on a team, you're a part of a team, you're there on game day. And I, I just felt the way that we practiced those two days and what we asked them to do, they deserved to be on our sideline. They earned that right. And I hope they don't stay on practice squad. I hope they push themselves to become on the active roster. And that was the carrot I dangled in front of them. And they brought energy on the sideline. Now it was a little, a little busier than we used to, than I'm used to. But you know what? I'll take it when they bring that kind of juice that they did.
3: What have we seen from uh, Michael Mayer? It looks like his blocking has got a lot better this, this season. What have you seen from, from Michael Mayer?
4: Man, Mike's, Mike's a tough, he's a tough SOB now. You know, that he, he gets after it. And just even if you think about that one uh, catch he had out there on the sideline, he gets hit in the back and still stumbles for a couple more yards. Like, not too many guys are doing that. You know, most guys fold up and they roll on the sideline and they're the blue tent. You know, Mike's got a different, you know, grit to him. And that's the kind of personality that, you know, we want our whole entire team to have, you know. And obviously he embraces that. Um, he's being much better in the running game. You can see him in the passing game. Uh, there's a bright future there. Coach, I'm going to ask a
5: personal question, but You got this job because you're good, not your color, but you referenced yesterday the president, the GM, and yourself as a father to a child who is black and Filipino. This is a trailblazing organization. Do you ever stop and think about the young ones that are coming that you're the first as a group, as an entity, as being trailblazers?
4: No no doubt. That's why I said I'm humbled and honored by it. I don't take it lightly. There's not many people from my background, grew up from where I grew up, to be in front of the stage, um, to have this kind of responsibility. But more importantly, when you look at the Raiders' history, you know, going back to Art Shell and, you know, and everything that he did as one of the first black African-American coaches and being successful doing it as a player, then as a coach within this organization and in Tom Flores. you know, like it's, It wasn't until I saw it on paper, he said, whoa, wow, that's different. And then it's a woman as well, you know, um, I, I just think this has off to obviously it started with Mr. Davis, Al Davis, and now Marcus carried that on as well. Um, but I do look at myself as somebody who can be a leader and an example for the other children, wherever they may be in the world. That Yeah, listen, you could do it. If I did it, I know you could do it. Guarantee that, you know what I mean? So um, hopefully they believe and dream like I did and work their asses off to get there. I question here. Just, just wanted to ask if there's an update on Marcus Peters and his knee. He didn't return to the game. Yeah, I haven't been down there yet. Those guys are still kind of going in because obviously the day off. But you know what? It, it was one of those games where I'm sure if it was, you know, close, he would have been in there. You know what I mean? But, it, you know, he was being smart and he was being smart as well.
2: Very impressive press conference as we're back on Raider Nation Radio. You heard Q Myers, Vinny Bonsignor. Our teammates here ask a bunch of questions. Q's coming up next. He was there. He could tell you about the tone being in the room during that press conference. JT, back live from Raiders headquarters as we continue on. The Raiders' victory over the New York Giants 30-6. to The impact of the win and how it could change the future of the Raiders this year, potentially long-term, it's an open-ended question. I don't know what's going to happen from week to week. But the Raiders needed needed that victory big over the Giants to set the tone. And there was a lot of pressure on them. They had to win the game, and they played under more pressure than you think. And they're going to be playing under a lot of pressure coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Raider man up north in the Bay Area. Good to hear from you after a win. What's happening?
6: Hey, what's going on, J.T.? He's wanting to tap in, man. Doing my best to create some opportunities up here in the Bay for myself. You know, the transition has been a little bit tough. I wanna tap in, man, because I wanted to shout out congratulations to Coach AP and shout out to Coach uh I mean the GM Champ Kelly. And, and you know, it, it was a pinnacle day. A pinnacle day. You know, I I I'm looking forward to the team gelling and, and really starting to learn how to play together. That was that was a beautiful ex- exhibition of raw adrenaline, uh, you know, havoc under control, you know, but at the same time, as a fan, you know, you know, nitpicker that I am I was a little disappointed at how flat we came out after, you know, that second half, you know, just knowing that we're going to have to face bigger challenges going down the, you know, down the forefront of this season. You know, I really believe that that was an opportunity to, I mean, I don't want to say run the score up. It was not, it's not about the Mm score in particularly, but I would like to see us execute to the last gun. Mm -hmm. And whatever the score be, damn it, you know what I mean, you know whatever. But you know, and and let's not to complain because we we did some excellent things. I and mean, when the last time you seen the Raiders get eight sacks in a game, uh, I believe one of my friends told me it was like 2010 against the yeah Seattle Seahawks. Uh, but you know, this team came to play, man, and that's the, that's the night and day of difference. I don't like to take shots at people either, but you know it's opportunities are a little tougher to come by for some than others, and you know it'd be it'll be a beautiful thing in this world to see where that playing field equals out. you know I've done my best to create opportunities for myself. I want to say thank you to all the people out there in the world who you know, encouraged me in my Raider Oath, because obviously that thing is pretty hot right now, and I would have loved the opportunity to come and perform the oath uh, out there at the tour for Kenny King, you know, for AP and Champ Kelly's inaugural uh, mission out here into this voyage. But, you know what I mean, any time is pleasure for me. It's just the, the fact that I'm here today, I'm grateful for my right now, and that was one huge win. I, I think this mm-hmm. team is growing forward, and you know if we win out, We'd be a 12 and 5 team. I think Mr. Vinny say that all the time, but, you know, it's, it's a fact that I was ahead of because that's the way I think about my team. This this ain't no – I don't I don't know. I know you yeah. use the term pressure. I don't think it's pressure. I think it's more and more like uh, um, adrenaline, mm-hmm. you know, it's, they got nothing to lose. Nobody expected anything from us, and they got no idea what's coming. Coach AP knows exactly what the situation is about, and Raiders got back on their back foot. we about to punch somebody in the mouth and put them down hard. Don't mm-hmm. be shocked if we end up in the playoffs, wild card or whatever, but we're going to be a dangerous team from here on out, and I hope we get a shot in next year too. So I appreciate the time. man. I just yep. needed to vent a little bit. It's been a really, really tough weekend for me. I'm half-assed schizophrenic right now, but I love my team, and it's silver and black till I die. You know what I mean? It is what it is, man. Raider Nation, holler that Raider Oath, man. Holler if you hear me. You
2: see got, you got it, it, Raider man, see. checking in. Good to hear from you, man. Appreciate it. And that was an important win for Antonio Pierce because he's trying to set the tone with his style of a head coach. And it's very important you back that up with wins. There's a new way to get to the game. M-Ride it. M-Ride. The luxury concierge shuttle service. It's the same bus the players use. You can ride it like a pro. M ride will take you round trip from Circa or the Palms to Allegiant Stadium or T-Mobile Arena. No more hassle parking, sitting in traffic, or waiting in long taxi or rideshare lines. No way, M ride it and you'll get in and out quickly. Reserve your ride at mridelv.com. Use my promo code Brick. You'll get even a better deal. That's mridelv.com. Promo code Brick. When we come back, more of the aftermath of the victory. As we talk about what went right against the Giants and what needs to be even better against the Jets, huge opportunity for the Raiders to press the reset button. They did against the Giants at Allegiant Stadium. Now they got to do it again, and the Jets are on Monday Night Football tonight. So everybody try to watch that game. Welcome
3: back to the JT the Brick Show, brought to you by M Resort Spa Casino, the official hotel of the Las Vegas Raiders.
2: J.T., as we wrap up this hour, and we have a good guest, Sam Monson from Pro Football Focus. He joins us every Monday at 1 o'clock. And Levi Edwards from the digital team will jump in. We'll talk to him. He's going to come in studio here at 1.30 as I'm live from Raiders headquarters. Is there a big change today? No, it's an off day. Uh, when I come in here on Mondays, it's not an off day. The players got off. Uh, On their mandatory off day, which is Tuesday, they were given a victory Monday. So they'll be back in the building on Wednesday. There's going to be players here that are getting treatment who got banged up or hurt. But these players get a day off, an extra day off. And I think it's going to help because they have such a late bye week. The late bye week is insane. And I wish the bye week was coming this week or next week before Kansas City. We have Miami and Kansas City after the Jets, and the offense is going to have to be explosive to win those games. Miami, there's got to be one game that the Raiders win this year, everybody. Follow me. Real important what I'm about to say. There's got to be one game this year that they're not expected to win that they win. Not three. Not five. They were supposed to beat the Bears in Pittsburgh. That, that wouldn't have put us in this conundrum of trying to find wins the rest of the way. Now, you got to assume, you know, I'm going to assume they're going to beat Indy, and they could go out and beat Denver at home, but that's not a guarantee. Well, what's the game that the Raiders have to win? Most people are saying split with Kansas City. Well, that should be right. Yeah, you should be able to split with Kansas City. You better not get blown out twice against Kansas City. And it would be nice to win two against Kansas City. But reality, and I dipped the show in reality, would be a win against Kansas City. But the Denver game... I'm excited for the Denver game can get out of control if the Raiders don't play well. Excuse me, the uh, Miami game. Miami's just so explosive, they can rip the top off. Right? They scored 70 points this year, so I think in the next two weeks they got to get Aiden O'Connell at practice. Even if they can't do it against the Jets, because the Jets' defensive secondary is unbelievable. They're really good. They're going to have to find a way to get Aiden O'Connell. Bo Hart has got to get him in a rhythm where he can go five wide and compete against Tua, which he should be able to do. And Patrick Mahomes a couple of times and Justin Herbert. When we come back again, Sam Munson from pro football focus. And then we'll talk to Levi Edwards in studio. Thanks again to La Casa cigars and lounge at Tivoli village. Take it from me. You'll be blown away. If you love cigars, their selection is unbelievable. Live entertainment, seven nights a week. Go to lacasacigars.com at Tivoli Village.